Welcome to Cooperville. Do you know what's fun to do in Cooperville? Pack up your shit and get the fuck out. Listen. www.welcometocooperville.com <laughs> Who the fuck says www anymore? I can't even say it. www. <laughs> Stop that. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast. On demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. And some places where cheap podcasts are available. And the local gas station has some. Subscribe. Get updates. Feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Welcome to Cooperville. Make sure you use a coaster. The wife gets upset when we leave rings on the tables. Sam motherfucking Stilb is in my house. What up, yo? Never thought the day would come. I didn't either, man. <laughs> From one day at Rockfest and some giant heads to my basement in the Welcome to Cooperville right. studios here. That was, that was an odd year. It changed a lot of things for me. It's part of why I am here. <laughs> Uh, Sam has been to, do you have a, a number, do you have a track number of how many shows that you've been to over the course of your life? No. No. I have no account. <laughs> I, I had, I collected ticket stubs for like sporting events and shows that I went to up until probably about 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And then I decided I was going to throw them bottom two drawers away because I, I just didn't want to keep it. I'd have a whole house floor right now. <laughs> but Sam has been to, and this is how I kind of keep up on the shows that I don't get a chance to go to or, or didn't get a chance to go to when I was in radio is I just, I follow Sam's, you know facebook story and see where he's going where he's been and you always end up finding yourself in like the right place at the right time not just with with artists but i saw you with Giannis at some point i mean you got pictures with the milwaukee bucks when you were randomly like someplace brewers, yeah brewer yeah, players packers here and there yeah. front row amy you know <laughs> yeah that was that was nice <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason i watch when they were struggling yeah but no you're you're kind of a, a an aficionado of live event I love, I just love the scene. I love the feel, the vibe, you know, it's the camaraderie you have with the people that you've found and that you've met when, when you know, you're going to meet up with some of these people. It's just, you got something to look forward to on top of the killer music that you're going to see or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, whatever the event is. But I found over the years that I don't even have to have somebody there that I know, because I know that there's going to be somebody standing next to me. I can talk to you. Look at their concert shirt. You look at whatever. Hey, I was there. I saw these guys there. It's just an instant conversation point. You know, and you can just start talking, and next thing you know, you got more friends. Now, where did this all start for you? And was it a, what was your first, the first show you went to that you got kind of addicted? Anytime these posts come up where my first show was, my best show was, mm-hmm. this and that, I, I intentionally avoid it because I honestly can't remember my first show. <laughs> I don't know what it was. The, the, the first one that I remember specifically, I guess, was the Monsters of Rock back in 89 when mm-hmm. it was Van Halen, Scorpions, Doc, and Metallica was second on the bill. Kingdom Come, you know. But I know that. I know I had been to shows before that I just don't remember what they were because I wasn't that into the music at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the concerts and the music just, it really didn't take off for me until I actually started hitting Rockfest. And then I started really liking the vibe and everything around it. You know, for the longest time, it was always sporting events for me. You know, I'd have to, I would travel to see the Brewers, I'd travel to see the Packers, or, you know, this or that. And then the more I started getting into concerts, the more I started realizing, you know what? I'm going to go see this band, and I know I'm not going to leave mad because they lost. <laughs> you know? I, I have no skin in the game here. <laughs> right. You know? That's that's easy enough. No, so it, it was a kind of a quick transition, though. You know, back around 2006, 2007 is when I really started truly finding music. I always had it around me. 
Like mm-hmm. it's always been around me, but different genres. I've had every influence with my older sisters, my dad, you know, they all listen to different stuff over the time. So, I, you know, I get a little grief yet because I hang out with mainly metalheads and they're like, how do you listen to this dance music or this crap? I'm like, well, I, I had a phase, you know. <laughs> So yeah, and I've, and I've seen you not just specifically at rock shows um, and sporting events, but I mean, you you venture out into to all genres. I mean, you've yeah. seen you know some of the biggest names that are out there. You know, who outside of rock? Because we'll get into more of that when we talk about you know your rock fest uh, lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> that you're devoted to as, as right. repping the rock fest shirt yep. as you're here. Right um, but outside of the the rock genre, like who is the uh, who's the biggest person that you you've seen uh, or the best show perhaps you've seen? So the the best show recently that I've seen, I would probably say was Bruno Mars last year. I, it just, the showmanship he had, the dance ability, the lights, the stage, everything he had. You know, and they actually had musicians there. You get a lot of crap where it's like, okay, you know, these guys are just, you know, they got all their sound piped in or whatever. No, they had musicians, they had stuff. And it was just, it was one of my favorite shows. I, yeah. I thought it was really cool, you know. And then Jason Aldean on the countryside, he always brings it. When I saw him at Lambeau Field opening for Kenny Chesney. Yeah. He blew Kenny out of the water. So, wow. you know, those two are kind of some of my favorites that I've had recently. Um, you know, and like I said, it's not always on the rock side, but these guys, they brought really good shows. I noticed that when you post things about going to country shows that the comments get a little, wait a minute, I thought you were saying I'm the rock fest <laughs> man here. What are you yep. doing uh, yep. branching out and seeing Carrie Underwood? Well, you know, I mean, Carrie, she's, she's not hard on <laughs> well, the eyes no. right now, you know. Me, so. <laughs> maybe that was a bad example. Right. I think I think anybody in their right mind who still has uh, at least some sense of vision would be like, yeah, you know, I'd go see that show. So, you know, back in the day, my dad, he used to lo- listen to like Randy Travis and yeah. Patsy Cline mm-hmm. and stuff like that, along with the CCR and, you know, a lot of a lot of the old rock back then. So just off my dad alone, there was a mix. And then as I started getting older and, you know, you, you meet girls and they have different likes and interests. Yeah. Well, OK, I really like this girl and she likes the country stuff. So I'm going to go check out a country show, you know, a few country shows with her. And the next thing you know, I'm like, hey, this isn't all that bad. You know, some decent tunes and whatnot. I can handle listening to this. And the recent country kick I've been back on, it's, you know, a girl again. <laughs> started dating a girl and, you know, her kids were into the country stuff. She was into it. So I, you know, wanted to take the kids to some shows and started falling back into it. But I never, you know, I never lose sight of my rock. Rock is always still number one for me. I just don't think it's wrong or, you know, a problem to have other likes and interests. Yeah, I think the uh, when you talk about the girls thing, I think it goes back to kind of the the Def Leppard Motley Crue model of how they <laughs> used to build their audiences and why these bands would go and, and do arenas. Bon Jovi, I think you can throw in there as well, is because they, you know, they come up with that fast song, that just hard hitting, really, you know, catchy uh, chorus. And then they come out with a ballad. Ballads, yes. And all of a sudden you see like the front row. If you watch any music video, basically from 84 to, to 89 before before right. grunge kind of yep. took over, there are big haired women in the front. And I think uh, it was an interview with Joe Elliott of Def Leppard. He said, well, we knew if we came out with that ballad, if we came out with Love Bites, you know, after we came out with Pour Some Sugar On Me, uh, which obviously also attracts the females, which right. attracts the males. It's a weird <laughs> dynamic they have going on there. Um, but he said, if, if we got the girls there, Yep. to the show we knew the guys are going to come with because the girls are going to be there and all of a sudden they're doing the round and they have brilliant, you know a stadium marketing model <laughs> you know they, they knew what they were doing right. you know if it wasn't for you know a little guy from uh from seattle who knows <laughs> right. you know who knows where the world would be at uh, at this point uh but Rockfest is something uh, and you and i uh crossed past the rock fest probably eight or nine years ago i think was our first interaction and uh you know my first reaction you know, being out there because I'd been out there as a fan, and when you're out, kind of in the, um, you know, watching from afar, um, I don't think you really get a good 
vantage point than when, you know, being there four days uh, in a work environment for me is to see the completely different dynamics of people that are out there. Um, I think if you've never been to a festival, a rock festival, um, there is a, there's a little bit of um, preconceived notion, I think, of the people that are there, but it's such a weird uh, and, and amazing dynamic of uh, diverse people that come to these uh, these rock festivals. Sam finds a way to stand out <laughs> a amongst bit, a little bit amongst all the. I mean, I saw a, a girl with a guy on a dog leash. Uh, with like duct tape over her nipples, pulling the guy around. And that is still second in comparison to some of the things that I've seen <laughs> Sam put together uh, at Rockfest as far as his outfits and his hair and his beard and, and T-shirts and giant heads. You know, where does the um, the creativity come in when you, you know you have, uh, obviously, if the festival coming up every July? When do you start going, okay, here's my ideas for, you know, 2019 it, or 2020? It, it depends. So like, for my 2015 stuff, I found two stupid little pair of sunglasses back in 2013 that mm-hmm. I bought. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hang on to these. I can do something with these. I'm going to hang on to it. And then I figure, you know, like, all of a sudden, you know, like a year goes by and I start getting this idea. I'm like, okay, I can put this around that and do this around that. I think it was the 2017 or 2018. I had no idea. I didn't even know if I wanted to do anything. Next thing I know, I've got a closet full of stuff and I'm ready to go again. You know, so it it all depends Mm -hmm. on what I see, where I'm at, if something strikes. And then I get this little idea and I turn one thing into the whole thing around it. But when I do find it, I go all in on it. (laughs) Yeah, that's all in. Maybe maybe that's the understatement of 2019 so far. (laughs) Sam goes all in on it. I think I still have my, I think my giant head may have fallen back behind the the thing here, but it's it's in here somewhere. That's one of the first things they returned to me when I got let go. They're like, here's your giant head back. I thought maybe you guys would hang this in the studio as like a in memorandum thing, but uh, you know, whatever. Um, But giant head year um, where you had. Head, it, 2014. 2014. So I'm running down that. Th- I'm running down that year this year, right? Now. Heads on sticks uh, of artists, uh, myself and and Taylor, my former promotions director. We got our own. Um, that has led, and, and I'm seeing some of these things pop up on Facebook. That's why I bring it up. Right. Is that has led to some not only you know photo ops for you, but I've seen artists posting things that and okay. and you know guys like Five Finger. I saw the Ivan Moody poster, the Five Finger post from the other day. Uh, tell me about that. Tell me about 2014 and what what level level up that got you to. So 2014, I I can honestly say it changed my life. Yeah. It really did. I mean, it was one of those just that weekend. Everything around me changed. The the friendships that I were created after that, the mm-hmm. doors that it opened, everything. But I remember I'm watching a college basketball game one night and I see, you know, behind the hoop, you know, how they wave these big heads to try and yeah. distract the guys mm-hmm. on their free throws and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I never see one of those at a rock show. I'm like, do I do it? Do I not? So I went to, you know, build ahead and I looked and they're like 10 bucks a piece. And I'm like, do I do it for one or do I do it for a couple? And then I realized, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I got to go all in. <laughs> I got to get every single lead singer on the main stage each day of the, you know, each day of the weekend. So I'm like, I hemmed and hawed. Spent a 200 bucks, got them done, submitted my pictures. They came back to me a couple times. Hey, this isn't clear. This isn't bright. You know, you got to send a new picture. And I'm like, I'm just trying to find clear, crisp pictures that these guys are posting of themselves on the net. Right. It ain't always easy to do because not everybody puts stuff on there yeah. that, you know, and I, I finally, I came back to him. I said, look, this is what I got. If it's a little grainy, I don't care. It's going to be at a distance. It's just for a thing. I thought, honestly, after like the second singer, I was going to be done with these things. I was going to be tired of lugging them around. I was going to set them down. And then all of a sudden, you know, like. 
I met Mitch over at Radio Row afterwards and got a picture with him and, you know, yep. thought it was really Mitch cool. Mitch from Wayland, yeah. Mitch from Wayland. And he, I, I had a chance to chat with him about it. And while he thought the idea was cool, he was like, dude, you picked the absolute worst fucking picture <laughs> of me ever. You know, so to that, I, you know, I apologize, Mitch. I still sorry. feel bad for that. So but, sorry. You know, <laughs> um, but then like as the day goes on, you see these artists kind of looking at that point and out like, holy cow, that's really cool. And then as we get to later at night, when all of a sudden Sammy Hagar starts playing with his prop up on stage, I'm like, okay, these things are going to stick for the weekend, <laughs> you know? And See then, where this takes me. And then it just, all weekend long, it, it just kept pouring in and pouring in, and all these lead singers started loving seeing their faces up there and stuff. There were a few that wouldn't interact and whatnot, but that, you know, that's fine. They're up there doing their jobs. Right. I get it and stuff. But I just, I took that little idea and I turned it into something. And then, like you said, the radio stations are noticing, Rockfest is noticing, you know, I just had all these things all of a sudden coming at me all at once. You know, people are like, oh, hey, can I get a picture with this? Can I get a picture with that? Yeah, sure. Sure, you know. And then 2014 was the first year that they Rockfest decided they were going to institute this Ultimate Rockfest fan. Mm-hmm. Just a way for them to engage fans, you know, say, hey, we recognize some of our people that stand out and whatnot. And obviously I stood out that weekend. And from there, you know, I kind of got to know Wade. I got to know Jill. I got to know the Fest staff. I started chatting with them more. You know, now every time I come up to the area, I always have to stop in at the Fest offices and talk to everybody. You know, just, just all the friendships that sprouted and you know, became what it is for me today. It's just, it was, it was a great idea that I didn't think was a great idea at the time, but now looking back, I'm like, wow, that was killer. <laughs> I remember uh, 2014, uh, Devour the Day was on stage, and uh, I think yes. you ha- you had a, a Blake Allison. Did you have a Joey one nope. too? Or just, it was just Blake. only the singers. It was okay, Blake. So, so but Joey saw Blake it. Allison, uh, <laughs> my buddy, and, and Joey Chicago from Devour the Day. I think. Uh, Joe took the head. He came. And he over, had it on. Yeah, he came over to the left catwalk. He saw me with it. and He starts pointing at me. So I kind of you know, like I'm like <laughs> like he wanted the thing. So I I go over by the one catwalk. He grabs. It, he's got it in his mouth. He's walking all the way back, still trying to play his song. He's, you know, he calls one of their you know one of their guys out to have him bring out some duct tape or whatever. So he's like trying to tape this thing onto his mic stand <laughs> as he's still playing, as he's still, you know, partially singing parts of the songs and whatnot. And then finally he had it, you know, they had it attached there and then he turns it sideways so that Blake's looking at it and Blake's trying not to die laughing because he's singing to his own head just across the stage, you know, and it just. <laughs> yeah, I, I had those guys in uh, right after their performance. They came into yep. the booth and I had them on an interview and I think you were, uh, you were in the room and you came yeah. over there. <laughs> and then I, I remember Blake saying specifically, he was like, that was one of the weirdest moments that he's ever had. Uh, <laughs> in his you know illustrious musical career was singing to himself right. um, on Joey's body. <laughs> I never forget that. No, but I think that was that was one of those times I think that uh, and I've noticed this over 20 years of being in radio and and dealing with musicians is when you get to the real part of them where it's not the show, it's not the performance is you know these guys spend, you know, before they go on a tour, they'll spend weeks or even months rehearsing and you know to some extent when you get up to the bigger names you know when the lights go down um everything is choreographed it's almost done to a science you know that's how you see these guys jumping up in the air they're not knocking themselves in the head with you know with with guitars and jumping um, into their own pyro <laughs> yeah don't do that right. that's bad they, they practice that stuff that's when you yeah, when you see right. those accidents happen it's because those guys don't practice they don't choreograph <laughs> it down to a to a science but when you see when you have these artists that are willing to um break format and break mold a little bit um, that's when you get to to see them as real humans and that's you know one of the the great things that I uh, experienced in my career was uh, when you get them down to they're just people you know right. they like to have fun um, incredibly talented you know they can they can do amazing things either vocally or, or with an instrument that that you and I can probably only you know dream of right 
but at the at the very core of it, you know, they still, as Wade Asher would say, they still put their pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> yes, they still yes, do. They do. <laughs> it's very cool stuff. Um, I had an opportunity to meet your dad a couple of years ago when he brought him out to Rockfest for the first time. Tell me about that relationship and that uh, uh, that moment that that he got to be out there scooting around. Dude's got an epic beard, though. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. to, I'm, I'm going oh, for that. It's, yeah. on, it's on my, it's on my he, list. He loves the beard. So my dad and I have had an up and down relationship over the years. There mm-hmm. was a point in time not too long ago, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, where we didn't talk at all. Yeah. We we just couldn't stand each other, hated each other. I could have cared less, you know, if he passed, if he didn't. And then, you know, again, it always comes back to a girl, a girl I was dating. He was going in for open heart surgery right around Christmas time, and she said that, you know, she asked if I was going to go meet him, visit him, whatever. I said, no, I don't care, you know. And she's like, if you don't, we're done. So I went down mm-hmm. and I visited and he started crying when he came out and saw me and we just, we've been back ever since stronger than we, stronger than we've ever had, even when I was a kid and whatnot. So from that moment on, I realized, you know, we don't have a lot of time left and I'm going to take this as a new relationship. You know, I had given up on it, but I've got it back and it's mm-hmm. golden. So I try and get him out to shows. I try to get him stuff and he truly appreciates it. He yeah. loves it. He loves these things. The first day. So we went the one year that rock USA and rock fest alternated weekends. Yeah. I'm like, Dad, hey, you want to go check out a music festival with us? I'm like, it's not quite Rockfest, you know, but it's right in our backyard. We can drive in and out every day. You know, I made up some CDs of all the songs that we played all day for the drive in and drive back or whatever. And he loved it. He, you know, he just fell in love with the music and the bands. And then I told him, I'm like, well, if you really like this, you got to come check out Rockfest one day. But because it's such a farther travel, right. he can't yeah. camp, he can't do whatever. We made the decision that, hey, you know, come on up for one day. Let's check it out. You know, so I got him a one day VIP up there. He came in and within. 20 minutes of him being there. He's like, this is the best thing I've ever experienced. You know, just the people that were already right. starting to come up to him and show him love and, you know, the grounds, just everything about it. You know, we've, I'm not going to get into anything about between the two festivals or whatnot, but there's he, differences, he, but he saw the differences. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and he, he fell in love with it and the people just opened their arms to him like they did to me, to you, to everybody else that's there. And, you know, we use this word a lot with Rockfest family. Yeah. As soon as someone's in, they're family. So they, they latched onto him. They fell in love with him. He fell in love with them. So, you know, every year since then, I've been bringing him back for one day. we got him coming up again Friday this year and stuff. And this, I haven't really told anybody this, but back in January, he was going through some really, you know, serious stuff again. His mm-hmm. blood pressure was dropping. He wasn't having a hard time breathing. We weren't sure if he was going to make it or whatever. And, you know, he's he's 80. He's, you know, lived his life. He's abused himself. But he looked he looked at me once and he said, you know, I can't be done. He's like, I have two things I need to do yet. He's like, I need to see my granddaughter get married, mm-hmm. and I need one more day at Rockfest. Those are literally the wow. two goals he had. He wants one more day at Rockfest right up there with his granddaughter being married. And his granddaughter being married means, I mean, it still means more than the world to him. Right. But the, the fact that Rockfest is right up there like that, that tells you the relationship that everybody has with everybody there. And, yeah, and that's one thing I do want to touch on is that there is a uh, – even I'll, I'll put it into two sections, but they all they all kind of go together. The Rockfest staff, um, e- even the newbies that have come in, you know, over the course of the last couple of years, um, you know, that's that's one set of family. I think when you're in with them, you're kind of in. To, it's, a, it's a for life thing. It's it's definitely. I feel like what is it? Four uh, L. That was uh, NWO. I think for life. For life yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. WWE reference there, people. For those of you who are just whiffed on that one. Uh, but then there's also. Um, the the diehard fans that are at Rockfest every year that that lineup is important, but it's not the determining factor on whether they go. Um, you're obviously you know one of the leaders of that group. You know you look at guys like Frank Goddamn Johnson. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh, good Frank. old Frank. Good old Frank. <laughs> um, you know Brian uh, Hoban is on there as well. You know Brian Stratton, the Big yeah, Dog Saloon. There's just guys, there's man. a whole 
uh, Benton Ale Crew, army. everybody. Yeah. There's an yeah. army of people, of fans, um, and there's you know there's Facebook groups about these uh, with these guys on there. Um, we get a chance to kind of go back and forth, not just about Rockfest, but about you know music and concerts in general. Um, tell me about that group um, and the relationships that were formed, because I'm guessing before Rockfest, those relationships weren't there. I didn't know any of these people yeah. before Rockfest. I didn't know anyone. You know, my my circle was down in the Milwaukee area where mm-hmm. I'm from. You know, yeah. I didn't first find out about Rockfest until 2005, 2006, something like that. You know, when I first started going, but it did not take long for us. As soon as you start seeing these people, you stop at some of these campsites, you talk to them a little bit. Hey, have a shot, have a drink, do this or that. You know, and then the next thing you know, you've got their phone numbers. You're hanging with their family. You're talking to them about all this other stuff. It just it grows so fast. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how awesome the people that we have around us are you know so you know through the groups and whatnot you, you see the names you see people typing this and that and then when you finally get a chance to meet them oh hey you know it's right away with a big hug and all right. that you know and and i don't know that there's any other big like facebook groups like we have we have two groups mm-hmm. for crying out loud that are dedicated to Rockfest. <laughs> you know it's, it's just it's amazing and I don't see much of that. I know there's other groups out there on Facebook, but the camaraderie that those people have, I can't imagine is anything close to what we have with our family. There was a, there was a time, I think, when Northern Invasion was up. Um, obviously, there's, there's Rockfest, there's Rock USA. Um, and just you know, going from outside perspective, looking at the group. Um, and I think it's something that, that you and I both agree on, that a music, I want to say a music festival is a music festival because I think there are ones that are above and beyond just flat out better, whether it's the people, whether it's the grounds, the layout, um, the access, but there's some that, that create and bands do the same thing. Artists can do the same thing in groups like that is create this weird animosity between individuals. You know, my band's better than your band. My festival's better than your festival. I'm going here because of this. Um, but it always seems like when those types of conversations have been brought up in the group, um, obviously the ones that, that are, completely jaded and you're talking to somebody who there's no way you're going to you know change their opinion because damn it nickelback sucks and they know they don't even <laughs> <Right>. care <laughs> nickelback puts on a hell of a live show man yeah. i'm telling you i've seen him a couple yeah. times you too. um but tell me about you know there's always seemingly a open dialogue uh when it comes to like the facebook group especially about um when, when there is kind of some headbutting in there. there there seems to be some i don't want to say cooler heads prevail but there's always there's always a good dialogue that happens on there you know, we, we set out, like myself and Brian and Frank mm-hmm. and Jody as the admins of our group that we're in and whatnot, that this is about Rockfest, first and foremost. And, you know, the titles, Rockfest fans, Midwest mm-hmm. Concerts, you know, it's about Rockfest. It's first right. and foremost. We're going to respect Rockfest and everything about it, but we are going to, you know, we want open dialogue communication for all these other music festivals, all these other bands, concerts and whatnot. It's, it's still a part of the music world and it's a part of us and, you know, it all affects us. But there's going to be a certain level of respect, mm-hmm. you know, even amongst ourselves towards some of the other festivals. And I'm, I'll admit, I haven't always lived <laughs> up to that, but I try and come back and say, hey, toe the sorry. line, Sam, right? you got to toe you know, the line. I, but for me, it's because I'm I'm invested in Rockfest. I'm right. emotional about Rockfest. It's my thing. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm part of the brand. So, you know, it, I take it to heart and I take it personally. But like Northern Invasion, I've been to it a couple times. It was a fun event, mm-hmm. but it's a different setup. It's a different scenario. Right. It was great for us music fans to have another outlet to go to. But for me, knowing the under, you know, the, in, the ins and outs of the bands and whatnot, and you know, the, the restrictions that were put on by the AEGs and whatnot, and how it affected Rockfest, for me personally, I was not thrilled to find out that you know there's all these restrictions, and okay, as soon as the Northern Invasion lineup comes out, we know we're not getting these bands because they're right. there, you know, and I. 
like I said, I'll still go up to the Northern Invasion and check them out and stuff. But now I know I don't get them bands at Rockfest. But we just we try and maintain an even keel and just you know if things get out of line, we'll just you know try and first try and run run everybody back up. Say hey, you know, look, it's not that big a deal. Please, mm-hmm. you know, change your tune. If they don't, we'll delete a few comments here or there. We try not to be like you know a censorship group or anything like that. We like to let people have their opinions and stuff, but. You got to be respectful about it. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure that all the, because you don't know whose eyes are on this. There are some right. band members in there. There are some radio people in there and stuff. So, you know, we try not to let anyone get stepped on that way. Who do you think is the, what was the best live show? All genres, best live show that you're like, that was a spectacle or that was something that, you Rob know. Zombie 2011 at Rockfest. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. He just, he went on and on and on. He kept telling, you know, telling you guys, fuck your timer. I don't care. I'll pay the fines. I'm going to keep playing. I honestly yeah. don't remember how long he played, but that that was a long set. That was back when, for me, Rob Zombie was still a spectacle to see every time he came around because he brought big stages and yeah. big props and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. You know, so he had pyro. He had everything going on, and he played for a long time. You know, that for me, that was like the greatest show Right. that I think I've ever seen. Mm. But and I had one that just, it surprised me. It was like, whoa, wait a minute. Because I was going through a weird spot in my life. Kid Rock had just come out with his rock and roll Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was going to go see him in the rave, and he had special guests, Rev Ron and Peter Wolf. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how this is going to work. Who's <laughs> going to come out and play what? Eight o'clock comes around, and Kid Rock is on. He comes out, and he starts jamming his jams. You know, and then midway through his first portion of the show, Rev Run comes out, they break into a little DMC and stuff like that. You know, they just dabble in some other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, did a couple of kids song together. He, kid played more of his songs, took an intermission. Later on, you know, kid comes back out, plays his stuff. Peter Wolf comes out, they break into some Jake Giles, they do some other stuff, you know, some covers. And then, but that was probably the first show where I think I've seen an artist pretty much play all of his library every single song that I wanted to hear live and mm-hmm. see live. I hadn't, that's the first time I've ever experienced where there's no real true opener. Right. And I understand, you know, these openers, this is where they make their mark in that. Mm-hmm. And I always love that, you know, these young bands get their chance, but that one just kind of blew me away. Like, Holy cow, kid rock just came out and played kid rock and did everything I wanted to hear and see. Yeah. And that he, cool. and, and kid rock is even attested to this. Like the fact that he doesn't need to work out is because he will go and <laughs> well, yeah. literally he will leave every single ounce of energy he has on the stage. Cause he'll put on a three hour show. He'll put on a three and a half hour, four hour show and, uh, and nonstop. And, and, one of the most, you know, whatever your opinion of Kid Rock's opinion is. Yeah, I know. He's another um, one of those. I mean, I, I still would have voted for him if he would have run, you know, run in Michigan, <laughs> but that's just for namesake. But, you know, he's a guy who is beyond talented. I yeah. mean, dude can play every instrument. He can play it well. Um, you know, he can – he's just – it's a, it's amazing. You know, he, he kind of come. you know, you look at him and you're like, white trash dude from Detroit, right. yet he's got, you know, more talent than I could, you know, fit into – well, the background he came from, you know, he, yep. he could have easily just stuck with the rap and done that other yeah. stuff, but he went into the rock world and he gets slammed a little bit now because he's trying country, but I never give artists any grief. Why, why can't they expand? Why yeah. can't they try new things? Why can't they, you know, go into different areas at some point or another and just, you know, broaden their horizons and, you know, just explore who they are as artists all the way around. Yeah. And I've talked about this with artists that we've had on the podcast before is I'm like, there's, there's a handful of artists that, uh, that don't need to change their sound. ACDC is the one that comes to mind, even though, I mean, they've gone through obviously, you know, a couple of lead singers with, uh, with Brian Johnson now back after Axl Rose was in. And then of course, Bon Scott. Uh, but when you hear ACDC, like, you know, like my kid is nine and knows the <laughs> opening riff of, you know, every single, he's like, Oh, that's ACDC. You know, yeah. he can, you can just tell. And that has worked for them since the seventies, kind of the same sound, kind of the same vibe, kind of the same, you know, lyrical put together and how the song's built. Um, but, you know, having other guys on that say, you know, if if one day I'm in the mood like this, 
and one day I'm in a mood like this, or man, I, I, you know, we started using some different songwriters or we started writing our own stuff, you know, that's why they're artists. They have the ability right. to, you know, kind of expand their horizons and not just, you know, stay in their lane. They can, you know, are able to exit and do some other things. So, um, you know, I'm all for, you know, especially now, especially now they're not beholden to one, right. you know, particular <laughs> genre of music. Because I think even in, in the rock world, and you see this when we talk about diversity of sounds of music, is you you know, you can't have one lane in rock because there's bands like Greta Van Fleet that come out and you're like, what the hell? You know, what, wait a minute. Zeppelin, Zeppelin two is back. Like it. Um, and then you can have bands, you know, like, like Rob Zombie and you can have bands like five finger that come out. Um, and five finger maybe is in that same ACDC thing where it, five finger sounds like five finger, but if, you know, an artist like kid rock wants to go and, and try his hand at, you know, there's hip hop involved there. There's country involved there. Yep. There's, you know, a bunch of different genres that can blend into one because I think people are by nature eclectic in what they listen to. So it's, you know, um, good for kid rock. Yep. If you ever wants to be in the podcast, you just, you just give me a shout. It'd be <laughs> awesome. Um, when we talk about uh, the best show you've seen uh, in the most, you know, the Rob Zombie show, uh, as far as the spectacle goes, was there a show you ever went into, because you've been to a gazillion of them, that you went in with really high expectations and you thought, this is going to be fucking phenomenal and I can't wait to see it. And you were, you came out disappointed. I, if if there is, I don't even remember it because yeah. there's been so many other great shows after that. Like like I said, <laughs> erasing that, the hard drive. Yeah. Right. Like like I said, this is one of the reasons why I kind of migrated from going to all sporting events to going to all concerts. Mm. It's like I generally don't walk out of there feeling like my band lost. I haven't really had a whole lot of disappointing shows. There've been some, but nothing that stands out as egregious. Like oh my, you know, this was just totally not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's most of the point. Most of the time, they're on point. They're doing what you know I expect them to do, and I have a good time with it you know, and I move on. So you were, uh, you're from Milwaukee. Tell me about, uh, the vibe in the city, uh, this past you know, couple of months, I guess, with, uh, with the Milwaukee the bucks. bucks and the way those things were going, uh, just because it was, you know, the bucks have always been fascinating to me. And I think maybe it's, it's so different, uh, on this side of the state it, because we have, I mean, Packer fandom is just a Packer fandom thing. Like you didn't, we're this close to the border. We're an hour away from Minneapolis. You know, we really should all be by proxy proximity Viking fans, but we're not. The Bucks have just always been that team that's like, oh yeah, I forget. Sometimes I forget we have a NBA team, and there was some moments there where we almost didn't my, my, have an NBA yeah. team. I forgot about them a few times too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm lie. Brewers the same way. Brewers have gone through kind of some you know uh, some ups and downs, and I think you know back in the 2007 2008 season when you look at that run and how. You know, they brought the pinstripes back and they finally settled on a, you know, kind of a logo and, um, 2011 as well. They brought yeah. a little bit of a run back. So that, so I think that excitement, you know, is up there, but it's always been like Packers because the Packers have been so good for so long. You, you expect greatness out of them. And this team that you kind of paid attention to, you heard about this guy, Giannis and you're like, Oh, and then, you know, the Jason Kidd thing, you're like, Oh wow. And that obviously didn't work out very well. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden this year, they obviously exceeded expectations during the regular season. Um, but the playoff run, you know, was something that, I mean, I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched a basketball game, NBA or college, maybe when the Badgers made it to the, the final four, you know, several years ago, I've sat down, I've, I've watched that, but to sit down and like plan your life around watching an NBA game, a Bucks NBA game. What was the vibe like? in Milwaukee during this run this past year? This vibe was incredible. It was, I, I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. 
and I was around in 2001 when we were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. So, like, I, I used to watch the Bucks all the time up until that 2001 run, and then everything kind of fell through. And I, I, I'm, I'll admittedly say I lost sight of the NBA because I felt there was a little bit of a, you know, we wanted Iverson to go. We want the big market and stuff. I kind of, right. I kind of soured on it. So I, I lost touch with basketball for a while. And then this kid shows up, this you know, some guy that nobody can say his name, Jin and his whatever you know. Johnny, Pope. So yeah, all of a sudden this kid comes around, and you know the Bucks are starting to play well again. And I'm like, can I, can I do it again? Can I get back into it? And as I start hearing interviews and seeing this kid and realizing that this is just a good solid kid. That I'm like, I can support this guy. I can cheer for this guy, you know. And then you start seeing the teammates around him, and realize that he's rubbing off on them. And these are this is just a good group of kids. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm back because I love basketball. I really did. Right. I yeah. didn't want to leave it, but it's like, you know, at the time I felt bitter. I'm over it, whatever. But every day, I, I pretty sure I watched every Bucks game this year, except for when they're on the West Coast and I had to get to bed late and whatnot. Right. But going down there and being around the new stadium. So like last year when I was, you know, I go to some games down at the Bradley Center. Mm-hmm as the five service being built. And I made sure I went by even, even before I was really fully back on board with being on the NBA again and whatnot. I, I was fascinated by the new arena building built because yeah. I knew I was getting a, you know, a concert venue too. I'm like, I gotta see how <laughs> this is, play out. <laughs> this is built for concerts. It, it actually well. kind of is the yeah. acoustics in there are built for concerts yep. with basketball to play mm-hmm. around it. But you know, just all of a sudden you could start feeling the vibe as that new stadium started going up even before the bucks started going on this big run here and this big push. You, you could tell everyone was sensing what this Giannis kid was about and what these you know what these young kids are about and then, like you said you get rid of kid you get coach bud in here and oh, oh man it just the town was buzzing every single day everyone wanted to be down there everyone wanted to be a part of it you know i went to probably about 10 or 12 games this year and mm-hmm. just thoroughly enjoyed the new venue and whatnot thoroughly enjoyed the vibe went down there on some of the playoff games and it just it was electric it was it was amazing it, it was not like this back in 2001 right when we made that run it was not even close to that back then you know, it's a whole new scene. It's a whole new group of people that are desperate for a winner and really want to just cheer and celebrate. I think it, I think it's very cool, not only for for the city of Milwaukee, but I think the NBA needs to have, you know, a small market team that is successful. And you know, there's I think there's some budding rivalries in that. You know, maybe you look at the 76ers. Obviously, Toronto. I think the Toronto <laughs> thing is going to be uh, something after the way the series went this past year that then you can watch in, in, in the upcoming season. But really cool to see um, a team that made me a, a not huge NBA fan. Obviously, everybody was watching Jordan back in the '90s, and you know, following that story, and, and and Shaq and his early career with the Magic, and you know, big name stars, big name, you know, big personalities in the game. Um, and I think you have that. We have that in Giannis. Yes. Um, I think he's a he's a huge asset for the city for for the NBA. Um, but my wife was really excited when they lost. Because <laughs> my beer budget like went through the roof. She's like, "Why the hell are you sitting down on a Tuesday, you know, watching basketball?" And I was like, "Well, this is historic. Uh, so <laughs> I don't have I don't have a real job. I have to be at in the morning. So it's going to be fine. So it, it probably saved us a couple hundred bucks. But I, I think this um, and the way the team. I think you mentioned it, this group. Um, you know, when they're talking to each other about, hey, you know, whatever happens in the off season, we got to keep you know keep the team together, keep the band, you know, keep this. Um, brotherhood together. I think that's a, it's a very cool thing that you really don't hear about in any aspect of sport. You know, usually, and we'll see what happens with you know Chris Middleton and some of the other guys that that are out there. But there's it's it's a cool it, it's small market and it and it feels like it's got that kind of mentality to the, it. The too. cool thing about it that you know people in the area saw and kind of really picked up on it. But when you're there and you're seeing it during these playoff runs. 
Brewers would have an afternoon game. Mm-hmm. Bucks would be playing at night. You'd get to the arena. All of a sudden, you've got Yelich and MVP yeah. and the rest of yeah. them. And Braun. That was cool. Yelich and Braun in the same thing, two MVPs up there. I had Rodgers sitting right in front of me you know, for a couple of the games and whatnot using my buddy's tickets. And you had the Packers, the Brewers, the entire state supporting everybody. I mean, it, it was literally the entire state jumped on and supported everybody. And that, that was the coolest thing to see. Yeah, I don't I don't know that that happens anywhere else. No. I mean, it's, it's It was amazing to see in – how they all brought together. I mean, these you know, a lot these guys aren't from here, but they understand um, the state and the fans, and that if you're you know if you're a sport fan in Wisconsin, it's Packers, Brewers, Bucks now, Badgers, obviously. Yeah. You know, there not many people went to the University of Wisconsin at Madison, but still, you know, we we you know we bleed for the Badgers when uh, especially during football and, and basketball season when they're good. Um, so it's really I think that gives an energy to this the whole state like oh my god David Bakhtiari slamming beers right. you know <laughs> starting this trend and Aaron Rodgers falling <laughs> failing attempt, yeah. <laughs> failing epically and and even the the situation where the guy bought the drink for Danica Patrick and it was the awkward moment that made it all over but it I think it was really cool to see on a on a national level too cuz sports centers covering all this stuff like oh my gosh I can't believe that um you know, Yelich is here, and then the entire Brewers team was out there at, at, at one of the games. So, really cool stuff, not only for uh, for the city of Milwaukee, but the state of Wisconsin, and uh, and for Sam still. So one of the, one of the fun parts is, like I said, I have a buddy who has season tickets, so I got to use some of his, and mm-hmm. he was pretty close to the Bucks bench. So one of the playoff games, the Brewers were there, the Packers were there, whatever. Craig Council was sitting just one section next to me, a couple of rows up. So I said hi to him during, you know, mm. right as halftime hit, you know, just not even a picture opportunity, nothing like, because I know he's there with his kids and that. And I understand the situation, you know, I, everybody knows I get pictures and stuff. But, with everybody. But I understand the situation and I won't approach something mm-hmm. like that. So I just said hi to him, you know, thank you for everything, whatever. All of a sudden he saw, you know, like Rogers going under the tunnel and Bakhtiari and some of the other players and whatnot. So he was going to go down to the court to go in and be with everybody down there, but he didn't have the credentials. Out. <laughs> and the security guy at the front of the section has a job to do. And he's like, Hey, look, I can't let you down there. You don't have, you know, you don't have the credentials on you. And he's like, but you know, he's, he's like, do I say I'm Craig Council like, or not? Do I do this? So he kind of looks around, looks behind, looks back, you know, and then he starts walking away. Well, one of the heads of security over in the corner where everybody enters, he saw this and he comes running up around, grabs Craig. He's like, no, 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 you come here, come on down, you know. And he let you know, he tells the guy, yeah. you let him through. <laughs> you know, this guy, so yeah. you, you can't fault the guy; he's doing his job, right? But you know, a couple minutes later, when I said that I'm Craig Council's brother, it didn't work. <laughs> it as well. did not work out. I don't know if you knew this. Um, Craig and I, I call him Craigie. We're close, uh, brother, brother of mine. Much. <laughs> so you know, it was it was neat to see that. That's but, cool. You know, that was yeah. it was one of those little things that nobody else will see. But even these celebrities, sometimes you got to make sure you have everything you need. <laughs> yeah, and it, it surprises you when they don't. Like, right. like and, and and I guess maybe that's a cool factor. Like Craig Council didn't go to that game, you know, with like I make sure I have my credentials. He's like, I just want to go and enjoy the game. Right. And, oh look. <laughs> Those guys, I'm, I'm yeah, with them. Right. I'm with the band. Yeah, he just, you know, he wanted to get his kids down there and, yeah. you know, introduce them to a couple people and whatnot and stuff. So he, he eventually got down there and got his thing and whatnot. So what I just, everybody in our sections around us were just kind of like stunned and then kind of <laughs> laughing and then we're like, all right, well, now we got a story to tell. <laughs> Very cool stuff. So 2019 Rockfest is coming up uh, in uh, just a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, a couple, about a month. Six, seven, something like that. Yeah. Do Five, you, six. You got, you got a plan? I do. You got a, oh, I do. Yeah. And this is my last one. I've you told lie. people, no, I don't. I, yeah. Seriously, I am 1,000% ready to be done with all the dressing up. I've made my mark. I've done my thing. <laughs> I, I I literally just right. want to get back to hanging out as Sam. Now that I've got my friends and I know who's what and where, right. I don't I don't feel the need to be drawing all the attention and doing everything that I've you know done over the few years. And some of it is, I, I 
not that I necessarily even love the attention. It's it's the spirit of Rockfest. Right. Yeah. And I know that everybody looks forward to, okay, you know, we got Rockfest. We got this dude that's coming and dressed up. But I've got my exit strategy. I'm doing my last <laughs> thing. And then from here on out, I'm just going to go back as, you know, Sam and just hang out and chill. I won't even recognize but, you. I'll be like, wait a minute. Right. I've, I've gotten that quite a few times, actually. Yeah. Like when I'll show up at an event or something outside of Rockfest or whatever, and you got to clean up or whatever. And they're like, holy cow, I didn't even recognize you I without think, anything. <laughs> I think that happened like the first time, the first time after we had met. Uh, and I think you had the, the little spike hair different colored hair or something going okay, on the the, yeah that, that, i think that was it and then like we became friends on facebook and then i saw like a normal picture of you like in at work you know in, like a button-up shirt i'm like who the fuck is that guy that guy doesn't look any fun right he's not fun at all oh wait that's it's that's, when he's at work he's not much up. fun <laughs> not, just hur- just harassing your coworkers, yeah. and you know that, that's actually cool. i'm a lot of fun at work yeah my I, coworkers are always laughing i i push limits i've actually lowered the bar to where now i can just walk over it and most of my bosses just <laughs> all right whatever it's oh, sam. just sam yep the this, this sam standard <laughs> has been set well uh thanks for coming in man you know i appreciate, oh, you I appreciate taking you the time out and awesome. uh, hanging out in the podcast and uh, looking forward to uh to rock fest and, and seeing but the thing that intrigues me the most is the exit strategy because i want to <laughs> see like how do you go out because as much as i believe you you know Kiss has been on 14 farewell tours. Okay, they just keep on saying goodbye, and then they. This is our. We're we're done. Oh wait, and we're coming back. You know. Yeah, no, no. I'm pretty well, pretty well set. Got my mind made up that this is it. You're taking like a Motley Crue. I'm blood getting to the point now where I'm getting. I'm out of shape. I'm chubby. <laughs> I don't feel like working out, trying to stay in shape. I can't find clothes that fit anymore to do this stuff. It's just, it's time. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm uh, telling you. <laughs> we look forward to it. Well, again, thank you for uh, hanging on the podcast. And, uh, appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me. Chances are, we'll we'll see you in July, not All before. Right.